Hi, this is Jessica McCoy with Calvary Christian Center. Thank you so much for listening. We pray that this message encourages and inspires you to be everything God has created you to be. We hope you enjoyed this message. I can't get, I said I feel a praise in the room. I feel a Jesus walked on water praise in the room. Come on, I feel like, I feel a Jesus called Lazarus from the grave praise in the room. I feel a praise in the I feel a praise in the room. I feel a yoke breaking, burden lifting, cancer rebuking, real deal. I gotta give God praise in the room. I'm trying to shift. This service is completely different than first service, but something has rolled up in here and I feel a praise that gives the victory. I feel a praise that shifts the season. I want you to get ready for what God is going to do today. First service was completely different than this, but I'm telling you, I'm glad that God don't have to do the same to be the same. Come on, he don't have to do everything the same way. Somebody open up your mouth just before I speak and put your hands together and give God a praise like he's anything but normal. Come on, give him a praise like he's anything but awesome. Oh. Today, I want you to to just stand for a moment. I'm going to tell you that I'm going to preach outside the box this morning. Um, I don't feel a conventional thing in this room. I feel the unconventional. I feel like God is moving in ways that uh, are hard to explain. And I'm ready for him to do whatever he wants to do. You know, quite honestly, uh, we had planned to do uh, uh, Accelerate today. We'd had so much on the agenda. Uh, But the Lord shifted me. When I was flying back from Tel Aviv, between Tel Aviv and London, I'd already prepared a message. I was ready to roll, and then God changed my direction on a dime, and he did it for you. Because God wants to say a thing in this house today. If you came to get a word from the Lord, make a little noise in the house today. I want you to raise up your hands, everybody. Father, release in this house a revelation that will glorify the Son, Jesus Christ. I pray today that anyone who's walking in darkness will see a great light. Lord, that you will show them that anything you've done before, you are able to do it again. I give you glory in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Come on. Can you shout in the second service? I mean, I mean a real shout. I mean, I mean a real shout. You can be seated if you will. Today I am unconstrained by what we had previously planned. The Lord really began to speak to me uh, as I was flying back from Israel. And I'm going to tell you that I love Israel. I just got back after spending about 11 or 12 days there. And as I visit every site, my faith is stirred to realize, listen to me now, there is nothing ordinary, normal, or predictable about God. Uh, Just about the time you think you've got God figured out, he'll show you that he's bigger than you ever thought he was. I traveled throughout Israel with Dawn and our team, and it was amazing. We went over there early, and then last week I was able to preach actually from Jerusalem And we had 50-something people born again last Sunday. Can you give God a praise for that? But I've come to realize in this time that I was in Israel that there is nothing predictable or ordinary about God. 
from the Sea of Galilee where Jesus walked on water to the empty tomb where he rose from the dead and everywhere in between, God moves out of the box. And there are some of you here today, you need to understand that your God moves in supernatural ways. And he can't be both supernatural and normal at the same time. He is either one or the other. And I've come to tell you today that God is a supernatural God. I was convinced of that the more places that I went to this last 11 or 12 days, that God is a supernatural, out-of-the-box God. And I want to tell you something. He, we are living in abnormal days. We are living in days where we need to see God be God. And understand me, the world is reeling and the church is railing in the world because for the most part, much of the church has failed to rise with power from on high and with answers from heaven. And quite honestly, there are many under the sound of my voice dealing with problems that are anything but ordinary. And the Lord dropped this word in my spirit at 36,000 feet between Tel Aviv and London. He said, I want you to understand that people are living in a time when normal just won't do. There are some of you in this room today, and that's going to be the title of where I'm going to preach for a few minutes, Tell Your Neighbor Normal Just Won't Do. Yeah, yeah, I'm in a season in my life where normal just won't do. I don't just need normal church. I don't just need to come and hang out with folks. I need my God to show up and be all that he is for every issue that I have because normal Oh, just won't do. Tell somebody next to you, normal just won't do. See, see, I think that's one of the reasons God's had us so far out of the box today, because normal just won't do. Quite honestly, there are many of you under the sound of my voice this morning, and you're dealing with real problems, and some of the problems that you are facing are anything but ordinary. You are navigating seasons and situations that you never dreamed you would face. There are some of you here today, Satan's attacks have been at another level. They've been at another scope. He's come in another dimension. But I've come to tell you that if Satan is attacking at another level, it's only because God is about to move at an even greater level. And you're here today and normal just won't do. The Lord spoke to me that the next season that your church is stepping into is a season where normal just won't do. In these abnormal times, we cannot afford to become a business as usual church. I don't want to come to Calvary and everything be predictable. I don't want you to know every moment exactly what's going to happen. I want you to understand that we are not going to become a business as usual church full of of casual, callous Christians. As I stood in the upper room where the Holy Ghost was poured out just three or four days ago, I was reminded, listen to me, there was nothing normal about the early church. The early church was baptized in fire. They were birthed in the supernatural. And as time winds up, we must become more as they were. We must become a house that is supernatural. We must become a people that know of the power of God because normal just won't 
do. The attack of the enemy is anything but normal. The schemes of the enemy are anything but normal. And the church cannot afford to get confined and, and comfortable. We have to have a move of God. And normal just won't do. The enemy is seducing our young people. The enemy is convincing them that their sexuality is confused. The enemy has come against us with an agenda of hell. There are issues of justice, righteousness, and holiness that must be addressed by the church and normal just won't do. Maybe you want to go to church where it's just the same old, same old, same old. But God spoke to me in Israel and he said this next season you've got to understand that normal just won't do. Predictable just won't do. There are some of you in this house today, the fight that you've been in is an abnormal fight and you cannot afford to have a season where you're just barely getting by because normal I dare somebody to make a little noise if normal just won't do. I was in the ancient city of Jerusalem this last week and a good part of the week before, and, and I preached on the very steps, the southern steps, that Jesus would have went up to ascend to the temple, the place where he stood and went in and turned the tables upside down and cleansed the temple of the money changers. I was at the pool of Bethesda, the very place where Jesus Christ healed a lame man who had a malady for 38 years. I, I from the empty tomb to the upper room, I was reminded that a real God leads us into a life that is anything but normal. Hear me in this house. It has awakened in me something afresh. I'm desperate not to do just church because normal just won't do. I don't want to be the normal everyday pastor because normal just won't do. On Friday, I was in the ancient city and we were, we were walking through the ancient city and at 12 o'clock I noticed something. At 12 o'clock, all the Muslims, they began to head toward the Temple Mount. As they walked toward the Temple Mount, every store in the Muslim quarter was closed down. And you've got to understand that these streets that you walk through in the old city, some of them are not hardly even eight or nine feet wide. Some of them are even less than that. And you walk, and it was literally shoulder to shoulder. We could hardly navigate in the old city as 60,000 Muslims went to the Temple Mount with one agenda, and that agenda was to pray. That, that, that mosque there on the Temple Mount only holds 8,000 people, and there are people that go there the night before, and they spend the night. So 52,000 people came and couldn't even get in the building, and they prayed and sought their false deity. Outside of the mosque, they had devotion and desperation. At 12 o'clock, they shut down every shop. They closed every bit business, and you couldn't even walk through the old city because the Muslims were on a journey seeking to pray to their false deity. 60,000 radical Muslims gathered to pray, and I want you to understand something. They put aside everything because they were seeking Allah. Where is the church in America that will lay aside everything because baby, what we've got is the truth. What we've got is the power. What we've got is the real 
deal. There's some of you that has erroneously believed that the Muslims and the Christians and the Jews serve the same God. That is a lie that has been birthed out of the pit of hell. I want you to understand that we don't serve the same God as the Muslims. We don't hate the Muslims. We love the Muslims, and we want them to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But the Muslim's faith is founded in, in, in the moon God's sin. He is the God Allah. But when, 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 when Muhammad received his revelations uh, about, the, about the Muslim faith, they were actually, they served a pantheon of gods. And the chief God was the moon God's sin, or Allah. And he turned everybody's heart towards Allah. He had no trouble getting them to focus on this one God. But I want to tell you something. It's still a false deity because anything without Jesus ain't going to get you anywhere. Come on, somebody. You ain't prayed till you pray in the name of Jesus. There is still one name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Thousands gather the night before and even camp outside the mosque. The other 52,000 pray outside no matter what the temperature or the weather. And all of hell understands what the church now must grasp. That normal just won't do. This is the hour for desperation and destiny to arise and collide at Calvary and in this house like never before. And I received this download. I had already prepared what I thought I was going to preach, and I received this download as I was flying between Tel Aviv and London. On the plane as we took off, there was an announcement that was made that came across the loudspeaker that informed all those during the flight, listen to this, who wanted to pray, Jews and Muslims, that they would be accommodated. They asked them not to pray in the aisles, but we will accommodate the travelers and we'll give you a place to pray. And I was so amazed that on the flight, there were, there were Jews and Muslims that went and found their particular place to pray. And then on top of that, they put envelopes in the seat and they began to announce that there was a charitable cause that they were giving to and they encouraged everybody that was on the flight to give towards their ch charitable cause. And I'm thinking, my Lord, they have, they're praying, but, but they're not praying to Jesus, but, and they have tithing envelopes in the seats. Come on, somebody. And I'm thinking, what in the world have I stepped up into? Yet now we have churches where many people are offended and too busy at the thought of praying, and they kind of get upset when you talk about giving but not Calvary because y'all are so generous. Come on, somebody. But the kingdom of darkness is an all-out war, and the church will not conquer in their, in their regions or in their realms unless we go all in. As we were on our approach to London and Heathrow, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, the fullness of what I want to bring and release to my people has been delayed in America because my people have been distracted from Facebook to friends, from political agendas to watering down my message of holiness. My people are distracted. He said, but notice all of Satan's forces and every agenda of hell goes forth united. The agenda of the devil is being followed with laser focus. And this is the moment for the church in America to come together and get it together. For us to decide we want revival or nothing. 
I'm going to tell you at Calvary, we want revival or nothing. We want a move of God or nothing. I've come back from Israel, and I've not come back to patty cake with the devil. I've not come back just to hang out with good Christian folk, but I have come to serve hell. Notice that we are ready for an earth-shaking, hell-robbing, child-saving, cancer-rebuking, real deal, outpouring of the Holy Ghost that will set the captives free, that will turn situations around, that will shift our college campuses, that will move through our universities, and that will awaken our high schools with a fresh outpouring of the Holy Ghost. If you want that, make a little noise in the room. My cry today is awaken your people, unify your people, use us to birth revival, because normal just won't do. I dare you to tell your neighbor, normal just won't do. Now, now it's time to hear from heaven. First Samuel 3, 1 says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. The word rare in the King James Version is translated precious. There was no widespread vision or revelation. In other words, in those days, folks, it was a quiet, brassy heavens. You could, you, there was absolutely no manifestation of the power of God. And Eli's sons, the, the high priest's sons, were using their position as priests to gain sexual favors from the women who served in the temple. So God said, if you're not going to listen to me, I'm going to quit talking. If you're not going to say it, if you're not going to listen to me, I won't say anything. But in the midst of that dark time, he finally found someone who would hear him. It was in the form of a little 11-year-old boy named Samuel. And I want to tell you something. It blows my mind that in that nation, God raised up and spoke to a little boy named Samuel. And I've just come to tell you, don't be surprised by whom God uses in these last days. Don't be surprised by whom God raises up in these last days. I know there's religious people that can't believe that God would actually save Kanye West. I know there's people who are all upset because Kanye has been talking about the Lord. Who does he think he is? Well, let me tell you something. I'm not in charge of who gets saved. I'm not in charge of who gets delivered, but I'm just going to be happy that whoever God saves, he saves, and he is God and I am not. And some of y'all are tripping out. Well, I heard a, I heard a news report where he said this, and I, I heard a recording where he said that. Well, you better praise God that nobody has a recording of when you was running your mouth and when you had stuff to say, because they wouldn't even want to sit by you in church this morning. The truth is, in these last days, you better get ready. God's going to save some people you never thought he would save. He's going to redeem some people you never thought he would redeem. Let me tell you, if he can save you, baby, he can save anybody. So don't be surprised by whom God uses in these last days. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said he's not looking for superstars. He's looking for listeners. Samuel was a listener. The verb root for Samuel's name is Shama. Shama means to listen. Samuel was the listener. Samuel was in a position to hear the voice of the Lord. And we have too many people, listen now, we have too many people who are talking, but they aren't listening. 
It's time to listen. It's time to listen for the voice of the Lord. God spoke to me and he said, there are too many distracting voices in the ears of my people. He said, everyone is concentrating on hearing the wrong voices. He said, there are too many distracting voices. Now listen, everyone is concentrating on being heard. I got to say what I'm thinking. I've got to be heard. And I want to tell you, it's okay to say what you're thinking sometimes, but once in a while, you need to be quiet and listen to what the Lord has to say. I'm not saying that we be quiet on issues of justice. I'm not saying that we are quiet on issues of righteousness. But what I am saying is this. We need to hear God if we're going to have something to say. If you ain't heard God, you don't have anything to say. Much of the church is distracted by voices on the news, CNN and MSN and Fox and more. But the last time I read, we are not on the earth to hear the news. We are on the earth to declare the good news. And I'm at a place in my life where I want to hear what the Lord has to say. The problem is there are so many so-called preachers who are opening up their mouths who have not heard what the voice of the Lord has had to say. And they are bringing confusion and chaos not only in the church but in the world as well. Because the world is confused. Where is the real church at? It reminds me of the profound pronouncement made by the prophet Ezekiel in his Ezekiel 22:25. He said the conspiracy of her prophets in the midst of her is like a roaring lion tearing at its prey. They have devoured human lives. They have taken treasures and precious things. They have made many widows in her midst. Her priests have done violence to my law and have profaned my holy things. They have made no distinction between the holy and the unholy. Neither have they taught the difference between the unclean and the clean what an indictment and they have disregarded my sabbath so that i am profaned among them her princes in her midst are like wolves tearing apart the prey shedding blood destroying lives to get dishonest gain and her prophets have smeared whitewash for them seeing false visions and divining lies from them saying thus saith the lord when the lord has not spoken. Did you hear that? Preachers nowadays, they have whitewashed and watered down the message so much that it's not even recognizable as the gospel of deliverance. We don't talk about God setting people free anymore. We don't talk about a God that can turn somebody around. We don't even have a gospel in many churches that is a gospel that is recognizable because they stand up and they speak and they say, thus saith the Lord, when the Lord has not spoken. The pulpit has grown silent on issues of justice and holiness. We now have preachers who are afraid, are preachers that are in the hip pockets of political agendas. We now have preachers that are so constrained by what the enemy's agenda is that they won't come in and tell people that if you are bound, Jesus can set you free. That if you are jacked up, he can put your world back together. Here's what I say, away with all this foolery, something in my heart is is crying out, speak, Lord, because normal just won't do. Let us get a word from heaven. Hear me. Stop trying to raise your voice every time you get a chance and open your ears to what the sovereign Lord has to say. Speak, Lord, because normal just won't do. 
I want to be like an 11-year-old Samuel. I want to be a listener. The Bible said that because he was a listener, that none of his words fell to the ground because he heard the voice of the Lord. He heard and then he spoke. God give us preachers and men of God that will not just speak about God, they will speak for him. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 3.10, and the Lord came and stood, calling out as other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel said, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I'm about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. He said, I'm about to do something, he said, and the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. See, I've come to a place where I, this is where I want to be. I was flying back between now, now uh, uh, London and, and I'm flying to New York. And the Spirit of God began to speak to me. He said, son, I want you to speak. And I want you to speak in such a way that when they hear you speak, their ears will tingle. Come on. I want you to come to church and I want your ears to tingle. I want you to hear something that gives you power from on high. I want you to hear something that breaks the chains off in your life. Somebody say, speak, Lord. Come on. We need the Lord to speak. I want this house to be full of voices that when you walk out of here and you speak, people's ears will tingle. Now watch this. In Acts 15, there arose a dispute among the Gentiles and among the Jews. It seems in the early church that the Gentiles were coming to the Lord. They were getting saved. Not only were they getting saved, they were getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were Pharisees in the church. See, some things never change. There were Pharisees in the church who wanted the Gentiles to be circumcised or they could not be counted as Christians. Yet these Gentiles had not only been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, they had been baptized in the Holy Ghost and they were speaking in other tongues. And it was just too much for the religious folk. And Peter basically rebuked them and said, why do you want to put the, that same religious yoke on these Gentiles and put it around their neck when you couldn't bear it yourself. There are 613 laws that Jewish people have to follow in order to be counted as worthy and connected to Jehovah. And Peter said why, he rebuked them. He said, God forbid. He said, don't tempt the Lord. He said, we couldn't even bear up underneath it all. How are you gonna require them to? And that's when James chimes in. And James says something that is incredibly profound, but it is easily missed. He said in Acts 15, 14, Simeon has declared how God at first did visit the Gentiles to take them out as a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophet as it is written, after this I will return and build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down, and I will build again its ruin thereof, and I will set it up. Now don't miss this. Why didn't he say the tabernacle of Moses? That was the original tabernacle. But he said this, this that's being rebuilt in this day is the tabernacle of David. See, Moses was the first. Why didn't he say Moses? Moses was the prototype that Solomon's temple and even Herod's temple used as a template. But David's was altogether different. The tabernacle of Moses had clear dimensions, measurable and confined, and confined parameters, clear and concise sections 
segments. It was going to be this wide, and it was going to be this high, and it was going to look just like this. It had an outer court and an inner court and the holy of holies, and only certain people could access certain parts of the tabernacle. Only the high priest could come into the holy of holies, and that was once a year on Yom Kippur on the Day of Atonement. But see, the tabernacle of David was altogether different. It was a tent of God's presence, and it had no dimensions. Come on, somebody. There was nothing about it that was measurable or manageable. It was outside the box. Come on. It did not have any restriction. The Old Testament tabernacle had restrictions, but if you read about the tabernacle of David, here was the password. He had brought on 288 praisers and worshipers, and all they did day and night and night and day was worship the Lord. It was a different kind of thing. And what, what James was saying, he was saying, I know some of y'all are getting bent out of shape because these Gentiles are getting saved and they're uncircumcised. I know some of y'all want them to be perfect and you want them to be righteous and you want them to, 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 to acknowledge all the feast days and do everything that we've done. But, but here's what James said. James said God is about to do something and he's coloring outside the lines. God is about to do something and it's not going to be normal because for these Gentiles to come in and get saved, for these Gentiles to be used, normal just won't do. We've got our confines. We've got our preconceived ideas. We want it to just be a certain way. We want church to fit in our box. But let me tell you, as we approach 2020, normal just won't do. We want to tell God how he's got to move and how things have got to be. You know, you got the outer court, you got the inner court and you've got the holy of holies. Anybody can come into the outer court. You're cool with that but only some people can come to the inner court and only a few into the holy of holies. And we like to sit around now and judge people and tell them you can't do this and you can't do that because you've had this issue or that issue. I'm telling you Anderson, you weren't, you weren't raised in church. You, you, you spent some time in the world out of court. Come on somebody. You can't come to the inner court. You've been married five times and hey, you, you can't the outer court you looking around trying to identify people and tell them where they need to be pastor Josh you had some issues you were a rapper before you were a preacher out of court come on somebody y'all ain't saying nothing to me you were bound in a in drug addiction out of court come on y'all I wish I could find somebody to preach to you wasn't raised in church and now you sitting on the front row you look good but out of court come on Come on, we're trying to get God to move in our confines, but God said, you better get ready. What I'm about to do in this next season, I'm doing something that you ain't never seen before because normal just, just won't do. What you have to do is this. When somebody gets saved and maybe you don't like them, you don't like where they came from, you don't like their past, you don't like their issues, maybe you knew them way back when, but don't forget about it. When you knew them way back when, they knew you too. Where is a church at? And you might want to look at them and say, God can't use them. Let me tell you, you need to keep your pharisaical mouth off of them and say, God, whatever you want to do, do it in these last days because normal just won't do. The fights that you've been in for your family is not normal. 
the attacks that your children are under is not normal. What our children are exposed to is not normal. What they can access online is not normal. What they're being condensed of in our schools is not normal. And we cannot afford to come to church and try to do things the way we did it 40 years ago and think it's going to be enough. No, we've got to shake off that formality and say, God, come in this room and have your way. Tell your neighbor normal just won't do. Yeah, 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 yeah. For what I got to see, normal just won't do. For the hell that's tried to break loose in Daytona Beach, normal just won't do. For a move of God on Mainland High School, normal just won't do. If we're going to see revival at BCU, normal just won't do. If your son is going to get delivered, normal just won't do. If your daughter will be transformed, normal just won't do. Push somebody and say normal just won't do. Yeah, 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 yeah. As we move into 2020, I'm going to tell you, our prayer won't be normal. Our pursuit won't be normal. Our praise won't be normal. Somebody's going to be upset because they sit by you. Because in this next season, you ain't going to be just a regular come to church somebody. But you're going to be a radical praiser. Some of y'all going to get mad and say, dear God, look at her. She has swung her weave in my face this entire service, making me so mad it don't take all that. If she don't sit down, I'm going to snatch her hair off and choke her to death with it. Some of y'all get mad at radical praises. Some of y'all get upset at radical worshipers. But let me tell you something. God is about to bring us into a season where normal just won't do. The truth is, where are the people that can say, God, color outside the lines in my life. Get outside the box and do whatever you want to do because normal just won't do. Some of y'all have allowed the enemy to make you think that God is confined by your circumstance or your situation. But here is what I came to tell you. If your prayer is not normal and your praise is not normal and your giving is not normal and your pursuit is not normal, your results will not be normal either because normal just won't do. Somebody give God a shout if normal... Look at your neighbor and say, hey, neighbor, you can just sit there if you want to, but I got to give God praise because normal just won't do. Yeah, I'm praising for an awakening. I'm praising because I need God to move in a mighty way. I'm praising God because I need him to shift my situation. Now, here's what I, I heard the Lord say as I was flying out of London into New York. We were moving at a fast pace and I was so tired of airplanes. Come on, y'all. I, I went to Delta the other day and the lady said, you're a diamond now. I'm a diamond with Delta. She said, I don't know whether to congratulate you or feel sorry for you. We were flying in. And I had been just weeping and seeking God on those flights. And I, I preached to Pastor Dawn, then I, honey, between Tel Aviv and London, and between London and New York, she got saved three times. Praise the Lord.
And I sat in that seat and I just began to weep and I said, God, I, I've been doing this a long time and I don't want to get swallowed up by just being normal. I don't want just normal church. I don't want just survival church. I want just to come and do the same thing every Sunday. I said, in 2020, God, I got to see you do something. Because normal just won't do. And the Lord showed me, he's, as we were flying, he said, this plane is moving at a fast pace. You know, it, it, it's really a trip when you think about it. You, you, you're sitting in a capsule and you're 36, 38,000 feet in the air. You're going seven or 800 miles an hour. <laughs> and you're trusting that that thing's going to stay up there. But the Lord said, this plane is going to New York. And he said, nothing can stop it. It's going. And it's going to land. He said, in that same way, I'm sending my spirit to Calvary. He said, don't act like the last 22 years you've seen the best of me. He said, there's revival and awakening coming in 2020. Jesus. And I said, Lord, I want you to have your way. I want there to be a supernatural revival in 2020 at Calvary. And the Lord said, you tell the people it's coming, and it's coming fast. I want you to stand across the room. I want you to get yourself together, and I want you to prepare your hearts to give even while you're standing. One thing I know that God does is God provides for his people. We are at a season right now at Calvary where we are taking ground, starting campuses, moving forward. And God uses folks just like you week in and week out. But here's the key for your life. Some of you have been in this season where maybe you haven't trusted God fully enough to become a faithful tither, where every week you bring the Lord your first, your 10%. I'm telling you that God has provided for this house, and he uses his people to provide. But if you are not a tither and a giver, you're missing out on seeing the Lord provide in a great way in your life. Dolan and I have lived this lifestyle of giving 31 years. There's not been one week that we've ever missed tithing that I know of. I remember when we were young and so broke and we always gave as well as we could to missionaries, to anything else. And now here I am at 55, and I would tell you that God provides. I believe today 
if you'll give and you'll sow, that God will honor your giving. Because there's some blessings that only givers can claim. So I want you to get your offering. And I want you, if you're going to give on your phone, you can text any amount to 386-866-3060. If you're going to give a check or if you're going to give on your credit card, you can do that. You by live stream, don't miss your opportunity. I want you to take your gift and hold it before the Lord right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's no revival without you. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, we just want you. There's no revival without you. Come on, ushers. There's no revival without you. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, we just want you. Father, I pray your blessings over us as we give today. Lord, as you hold that gift up, as you hold that gift up, I declare the blessing and favor of God over your life. I declare that God provides all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. I declare that the Lord makes a way right out of no way for you. I declare that the Lord is opening up the windows of heaven over your life as you are faithful and he is pouring out over you blessings that you don't even re have room enough to receive it. Come on, guys, let's receive the offering. Sing John. There's no revival without you. Yeah, yes, yes. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, I just want you. There's no revival without you. Oh, we sing. There's no revival without you. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, I just want you. There's no revival. There's no revival without you. Somebody raise your hands and say, There's no revival without you. You are the fire that consumes. More than a move, I just want you. Cause there's no revival 
separate me from the Lord and when you lift somebody up lift me up Pastor Jim Rayleigh because I need to walk out of here knowing that I'm right with God there's sin in my life and it keeps me from the Lord and when you pray for somebody pray for me if you're not where you need to be with God when I count to three raise your hands are you ready pray for me Pastor one if you're gonna pray anyway Pastor pray for me two Pastor I'm not where I need to be with the Lord remember me three slip your hand up across the room pray for me Pastor got some stuff I need to get under the blood. Hallelujah. I'm going to lend you five more seconds. Hands in every section. Come on. Five, four, three, two, one. If your hand is up, hold it up and keep it up. Somebody next to you has their hand up. I want you to move back and make a way for them to come forward because I want to pray with every person that raised their hand. If you raised your hand, come this way right now. Why don't you clap as people come from all over this room, all over this room. Come on, even from the back, folks are coming. Oh, look at here, look at here. Come on, make a little noise for them as they're coming. Praise the Lord. Look at this, y'all. Come on, y'all better clap. This is what it's all about. Look at all this. Come on, keep praising the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, they're coming from the back now. Come on, give God praise. Because normal just won't do. Come on. I love that. He's not just coming, he's bringing his baby with him. Come on, y'all come. Calvary, you need to clap your hands. Oh yeah, come on, honey, come on. Take your hand and place it on your heart right now and everybody pray this prayer after me. Pray, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. I'm glad you see me. I'm glad you see me. And I'm glad you love me. I'm glad you love me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. For all my sins. For all my sins. Take my heart. Take my heart. And wash it clean. And wash it clean. In your precious blood. In your precious blood. I need a new beginning. I need a new beginning. And a brand new start. And a brand new start. I confess. I confess. That I'm nothing without you. I'm nothing without And I've tried it my way. I've tried it my way. But today. But today. I'm going to choose your way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For a new start. Come on, give God a praise. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Calvary, you can give online at calvaryfl.com or you can use our app. We hope this message encouraged you to experience the Spirit, embrace the lost, and live the life. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you soon.